Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, I really am live now. We've been gone for a couple of weeks, and uh, my apologies to all you folks that probably tuned in and thinking we were on a live show, and but we took a vacation. Uh, Nancy and I do that every year. Uh, believe it or not, we had a great vacation. It was a cruise kind of a thing, and we're happy to be back. We truly are. We're back in the saddle, and we're happy to be here. We love this show, and uh, we got Rick, and I got Stu, and we got the, got the whole gang with us this morning. Um, I just... Uh, do a little refresher for you folks who maybe haven't listened to the show before or watched it because we are streaming and we're all over the planet, really. Uh, we're a show about how not to be ripped off by car dealers, how not to be taken advantage of, both in the service departments and the sales departments. And uh, we're kind of a ancient uh, business. I say we because I am a car dealer, in full disclosure. I'm a recovering car dealer. I've been doing this for... Well, 1968. How long is that? A long, long time. 51 years. Oh, how many? 51 years. 51, wow. It's easy for me to remember. Yeah. It was the year I was born. Oh, (laughs) maybe you inspired (laughs) me. My age is your length of service in the car business. (laughs) Amazing. Anyway, uh, the the essence of the show are your questions and your comments. Uh, This is really what we beg you to uh, participate because oftentimes, I mean, I say this, people think I'm... Uh, just saying it, but I learn something every show from you. Uh, the questions you ask, the comments uh, you make, and we learn from you, you learn from us. It's kind of a synergy thing, and we would love to call us at 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. Now, that's just the old-fashioned way you can call us, but we love it. We'd like to hear your voice, and uh, you can text us. We're getting a huge number of texts. I'd like to see a lot of texts this morning. Area code 772-497-6530. That's area code 772-497-6530. I'm a little nervous, to be honest with you, because we've been gone, and uh, you've tuned in, and we've had a recorded show, and we want to be sure that spread the word. We're back. We're here. Well, we're back live, and we'd like to hear your comments and criticisms. We even have an anonymous uh, feedback, uh, which is controversial. Uh, A lot of companies are adopting this now. Uh, You've heard of the whistleblower controversy. There's a huge amount of controversy about whistleblowers. Well, this isn't a whistleblower, but it's an anonymous way. You can say anything you want to us, and uh, we don't know who we are, and we just take the comment. We talk about it. Uh, we consider all comments, even maybe the mean-spirited ones, but there are not too many of those. Most of them are quite good, and it's youranonymousfeedback.com, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. 
feedback.com. A lot of folks like to uh, communicate with us that way no, for no ulterior motive. They just prefer to remain anonymous. I mean, what's wrong with that? So we'll go on. We'll get along with the show. And I'm going to start out with Rick Kearney to uh, tell us a little bit about him, tell you a little about him. I know all about Rick, and he's been with me for a long time. But I defy you, I dare you, as I said on the introduction, to ask Rick Kearney anything about the mechanics or the electronics of a car that he can't answer. This guy knows his stuff. He's been doing it for a long time. Rick? Good morning, everybody. I am here, ready to answer questions. Uh, Even on the old cars, right? I mean, it isn't all about high-tech, which is most cars are high-tech today, computerized, but we got a lot of uh, older people out there listening that are still driving uh, stick shifts and uh, got carburetors and spark plugs and a lot of the old stuff. That we, we do see old cars every now and then in the shop, and truth be told, I get a lot of friends and family that ask me about their older cars. Uh, a lot of folks love to keep antiques, and having a basic knowledge of cars... Uh, yeah, I can. Uh, I can usually answer some pretty good questions on stuff like that. And he's on. Uh, Rick is on top of the modern science, which is uh, really challenging and uh, going like the speed of light today. Your cars today are hard to diagnose. They're computers, and uh, Rick has to take uh, courses all the time. Stays in school a lot of the time, online and otherwise, to stay on top of the technology. Every new model comes out now has the technology that has to be learned. In the old days, a car was a car was a car. Today, every new model year, you've got brand new things we got to learn. So, absolutely, things are changing so fast now that cell phones are completely integrated to the cars. Yeah. Uh, you can almost control your car completely with the phone, and. Yeah, I know Elon Musk, he's got his Teslas that are doing some really cool things, but everybody's coming out with the newer stuff. Uh, Audi's got electric cars on the market now. BMW's had them out for a while. Mercedes, uh, Nissan's got electric cars. Everybody's coming electric. Everything's going electronic and all computer controlled. Isn't there and some it's statistic crazy. like most people uh, only know about 40% of the capabilities of their car now? Yeah, and in the back, you used to know everything. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. So if you've got a question about your car, whether it's an older or newer car, uh, if you have a newer car, you probably have questions about, as just Stu just said, the capability. What's this button for? What's yeah. this switch? Why does it do this? What mean, What does it mean when the check engine light comes on? What should I do? You call Rick at 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. Or text Rick at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. Again, that text number is seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Stu, who is my son, and uh, I introduced him earlier, uh, the recorded introduction. But uh, the kind of the most interesting thing that Stu is in charge of is our mystery shopping report. We call him the Spy Master, uh, and it's unique. It's something that you won't see or hear anywhere else. Stu, tell us a little bit about mystery shops. Well, it is a uh Exciting thing I get to do every week, but it was nice to have a break for the last three weeks because um, it, it is a lot of hard work. Uh, we uh, have secret agents that we, uh, they're highly trained and they're familiar with the car business. You got to know the car business. Yeah, and uh, we send them into situations that we think are 
similar to real life situations. So they'll go in there and respond to an ad, um, usually with an offer that uh, we think might uh, sound a little too good, be, yeah. too good to be true. Something that you might find on ain'tgonnahappen.com. <laughs> And, yep. uh, and we see if they, add, if they actually honor the ad. Um, we also are on a two years into a um, campaign to expose the practice of selling used cars with uh, unfixed Takata airbag recalls. Or any dangerous recall for that matter. Yeah, we focus on the Takata uh, recalls because, uh, probably because it's um, the most dramatic and, and uh, well, it is sensational, but it is, it's a really scary thing. And it kind of like served as the, uh, the symbol of this this whole problem that there is lots of regulations with new vehicles and uh, manufacturers and their dealers can't sell um, vehicle new vehicles with unfixed recalls but used used cars the uh, you know, there is there is no limit the sky the sky is the limit and they do what they want to do so so week after week we get out there and we try and find out what's going on and we uh, we expose it on the air and we name names and we. Uh, we, we, we we it's the good and bad and the ugly as we like to say here on the show and. Uh, we also um, give credit where credit is due. If uh, they do a good job, we put them on a recommended dealer list. And we actually yeah. have more dealers on the recommended dealer list than we do on the do not recommend list. Uh, if that gives us any sense of credibility here. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't video or record this legally. Uh, we'd love to, believe me. We'd love to have a hidden recorder oh, yeah. or even video. But that that's prohibited by law. Uh, what we uh, do do is report it accurately, precisely, truthfully. And... Um, it must be so because we've never been sued in uh, 17 years right. on the air. Uh, we said a lot of pretty uh, dangerous things if we weren't telling the truth. You know, if you lie about a company, you get sued, and uh, we don't. We don't do that. We uh, we're very careful, and we um, we. We re-examine car dealers that we give bad scores to that don't do well. Uh, we re-examine car dealerships that we give good scores to. So we try to be fair and we try to have a balance. We actually have more recommended dealers on our list than we do not recommended dealers on the list. Uh, but the Mystery Shopping Report, if you haven't ever seen the show or watched the show, heard it with uh, the Mystery Shopping Report, stay tuned. It's in the second half of the show, and I promise you, you will be enthralled and you'll be interested entertained and educated i promise that's right and to my left is my wife and uh she is a co-host she's been with me since the get-go on earl stewart on cars and uh she's uh, a very strong advocate for the female component of our audience and uh, we do a lot of things to encourage uh the ladies in the audience to participate nancy tell us uh what your mission is well I want to uh, say good morning to everybody. Uh, we're so happy to be back, and uh, we hope that you'll stay with us this next two hours. And uh, some of what uh, I do and we do is to uh, sort out the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, we touch on so many topics, and uh, we certainly hope we have helped you along the way. And uh, for the ladies, uh, well, we have an important uh, invitation for you, and uh, that is uh, to reward you uh, for giving us a call this morning. And for the first two new lady callers, uh, we have $50 for each one of you. You're an important part of the uh, buying process, uh, the servicing process in the auto industry. And uh, I, I, I can't... Uh, emphasize enough it is important to hear from you uh, in the past there have been a few ladies that uh, have shared with me there are just a little bit uh, 
well, nervous to call in. So uh, give us a call. Uh, we encourage you. Uh, if you're nervous, we'll help you along the way. Is our so call screen a, working okay? I see the uh, box I, here. I, I tried to uh, play with that, but I'll get back with it in a okay. second. Stu, maybe you could come over here and take a look at that. No if problem. we get a call, be sure we see so, it. Because uh, so uh, anyway, uh, give us a call at 877-960-9960, or you can uh, text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. You can make any comments you want, ask a question, We'd love to whatever you want to do, we and we do not know your identity. Yeah, you will be, you know, you will remain anonymous. That's a great site, and it's a great way for you to voice your opinion. Uh, that's www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Again, that phone number, 877-960-9960. Now back to the recovering car dealer i'll be right back okay like i say we thrive on your questions we're having a little technical difficulty with our laptop that is supposed to show the phone calls so we're going to check to see if we have any phone calls that we don't know about uh we know if you send us a text because uh, Stu is monitoring the text at 772-497-6530 that's 772-497-6530 and of course rick kearney who is our YouTube monitor. Do we have any YouTubes yet? We do not yet. Uh, I think our YouTube listeners may be um, sleeping, a little, sleeping in a little this morning, but uh, we are monitoring both YouTube channels for Earl Stewart on Cars and Earl Stewart Toyota. And the text. Do we have any text coming in, Stu? We do have some text coming in, um, but I just restarted my computer before I walked over <laughs> yes, there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was having nightmares about the uh, about the show for the last two weeks because we do have some new tech uh, features here in the studio. We have a whole new camera system, and uh, and we also have been we're a little rusty, so forgive us. But we can talk about car. We don't need computers. We can just talk about cars all day long. Yeah. But actually, we'll get to the questions in a second. I'll pull them up in about. As a matter of fact, interesting Should note. We just recently had a customer drive into the shop with a new Lexus LFA. If you've ever seen one of those, that's the Lexus supercar oh. that is like, what are those, Stu, like almost half a million dollar car? Yeah, it's like a race car. It, yeah, it looks it like was. a Formula One, one, and, Formula one car. What's he doing on our dealership? I, he he was stopping change. in for some parts for his oh. other, other Toyotas, his <laughs> oh, other okay. cars. But I got to tell you, it's it's kind of cool being a car guy, you know, loving loving cars like I do. To have a car like that pull up and just to hear the sound of that engine, yeah, it, it, it makes your heart race a little. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. I bet it. I bet it does make your heart race. Hey, we're going to go to our first female caller, and her name is Barb. Welcome to the show, Barb. Still with us, Barb? Hey, Barb. Hey, Jude. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, good morning. hey we hear Barb. Welcome. I I I'm glad you're um, back live on the radio. I love listening. Well, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Um, I have a I I I have a 2019 Dodge Caravan, and I was surprised that it takes more oil than the five quart. But um, it says you can use regular oil or the synthetic. I didn't know. What to do? What to use? 
Well, uh, Barb, I'll let Rick follow up with my answer because I'm an amateur at this, but um, one oil is your, your fossil, they call it the fossil oil, your regular oil is about half as expensive as the synthetic, uh, but you do have to change the oil uh, about twice as often. So it's kind of a, a kind of a wash in terms of cost these days. My feeling is just, uh, a, you know, put myself in the consumer role. I would, stick, I would stick with the synthetic. It is a little bit better oil, and it has to be changed only half the time, and uh, that is going to save your time from having to come into the uh, dealership or the uh, Jiffy Lube or wherever you go. Rick, what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, some modern cars actually do take uh, their capacity, how much oil they need in the engine. Uh, some of them can be as high as eight quarts. And although the synthetic does get a little more expensive, like Earl says, it's good for 10,000 miles in most cases. And you'll want to check the owner's manual on that because some manufacturers actually extend that number and some reduce it a little mm-hmm. bit. So just check with the owner's manual. But if they, if they recommend that you can use either or, you do have a choice. Um, it's probably not a good idea to mix those oils. So if, you, you know, if your engine was low on oil, you'd want to add in whatever oil is in there now. But if you wanted to switch over to regular dinosaur oil, the fossil oil, it's not going to hurt anything at all as Rick, long as it's it on bad, that recommendation. Why, why is it bad to mix the oil? Well, it, it, it's a thing of mixing the weight of the oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can cause chemical, just, uh, it, it does a weird chemical reaction sometimes. And it causes the oil not to flow as properly. And one of the basic uh, properties of oil, what it's mainly there for, is to reduce heat in the engine. It's okay. actually get well, heat out. That. So I, you recommend you never mix it. So what you would say, if you want to switch from the synthetic to fossil or <clears throat> vice versa, drain your oil completely and start fresh. Exactly. Okay. Barb, does that answer your question? Um, uh, yes, uh, thank you so much, guys. Hey, Barbara, hang on a second. Uh, this is the first time you call the show, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, we've got $50 cash for you, mm-hmm. and uh, we would like to uh, send you a check. Nancy Stewart will send you a check for $50. If you just stay on the line, then the guy in the control room is going to get your contact information so you don't have to give it out over the air, and uh, Nancy will uh-huh. mail you a check for $50. Barb, thank you so much for calling. Uh, we're trying to build a platform here for the ladies. And, uh, you know, we just implore to them every Saturday morning that uh, their calls are very important, their questions. And uh, I have to honestly say to you that some of them are very nervous. And I'm glad you took it upon yourself to give us a call this morning. And I'll get that check out to you uh, and uh, your contact information. Thank you again. Okay, I think we got some text well, over here, Stu. So you guys have a great day. You're right. Thank you, Barb. You do the same. 877-960-9960. And we are going to, uh, I'll give you the text number again, 772-497-6530. Remember, you're anonymousfeedback.com. We want to hear from you. And uh, we're going to go to Michelle, has, who's been holding. Good morning, Michelle. Uh, good morning. How are you? Well, thank you. Are you a first-time caller? Yes, I am. Oh, oh beautiful. Thank you for calling. What can we do for you? Um, I have a question. <clears throat> I believe it's probably for Rick. Um, we purchased the vehicle from you guys about six months ago, and we opted for the lifetime warranty. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just, I'm just trying to find out, after 
after the Toyota Care is finished and we start with the lifetime warranty, we're trying to get like an estimate cost of what our visits will be after that. Well, Michelle, your visit should be by the factory owner's manual, by the Toyota. I'm assuming you bought a Toyota. And uh, you know, whatever the Toyota owner's manual recommends is what you should do. If you're, if you're going into a dealership, oftentimes they will recommend uh, visits more often or more services. Um, the, a good rule of thumb is just stick strictly with the owner's manual recommendation. They're going to tell you to come in. Uh, Toyota will tell you to come in typically every 10,000 miles or, or, or every six months or, or 5,000 5, miles. And uh, uh, you can um, um, count on that. That will keep your car in warranty. It will keep your car sound and safe. And uh, your your uh, extended warranty that you're referring to will remain into effect. Okay. Um, well, we have a 2019 uh, Tacoma four-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just trying to kind of get like maybe like an estimate of what it would cost once the Toyota Care is done. Yeah. It's um, typically so your tire. Your, most of the maintenance consists of tire rotations and oil changes. So you're going to do two tire rotations a year, and that's roughly about twenty to twenty-four bucks, something like that. Um, then a synthetic oil change on depends on the size of the engine, but on a probably, pardon, about eighty to one. Yeah, probably about eighty dollars for an oil change. You'll do that once a year. Um, on the 30,000-mile intervals, there's usually a little bit more stuff to do, like some um, a filter or something like that. On the Tacoma, Rick might be able to advise on that. Engine air filter and cabin filter, which total together should be about $80. And the only other thing that you'll need is at 100,000 miles, uh, actually, I beg your pardon, on the Tacoma, it'll be 120, I believe, for the engine coolant and the differential service and the uh, transfer case and front differential. And those, I'm going to say probably about $200 total at, at 120,000 miles. And let's see, what else is there? Uh, again, at 120,000 miles would be uh, the spark plugs. And spark plugs on that are going to run a little bit more. Uh, just a ballpark figure, I'm going to say about $250. Okay. Michelle, it's amazing. Okay. Uh, it's, it's amazing how low the maintenance cost now is on modern car. You've got a brand new car, a truck, and uh, the cost of maintenance today is far less than it was 10 years ago or um, 20 years ago. It was really expensive. So in the first two or three years, it's virtually nothing. And then after that, it's much lower. So uh, I would still say this, though, is, as, your, as your truck gets older, shop around, compare prices. You, you've got your owner's manual right there. And uh, you should read it, and you're coming up on a particular mileage, 50,000 or 100,000 miles. Uh, look and see what's recommended, and then check with a couple of uh, uh, sources. You don't have to have your car maintained at a Toyota dealership. You can have it maintained anywhere, but be sure you keep your receipts and uh, check with your uh, – uh, you can check the prices on your cost of your maintenance. Well, it, it just for, for the uh, Earl Stewart lifetime warranty on the engine drive line – she would need to have it done at our dealership for that particular for our mm -hmm. no you can do it anywhere really yep yeah. oh okay oh yeah 
I wasn't aware of that. Yes. I am corrected. And, and, and Michelle, uh, besides thanking you for uh, calling, and uh, I'll get that check out to you, I just want to let you know that it's just amazing uh, whenever you take care of these simple maintenance uh, things for your vehicle. And it's amazing that, uh, you know, these vehicles run up to 300,000 miles uh, now with the way they're made and taken care of. Uh, so I hope we answered all your questions. And stay on the line, Michelle. we got 50 bucks for you, and we'll get your contact information and uh, mail you a check for $50. Thank you very much. Thank You're you welcome. for the call. Give us a call again. Spread the word. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, we are going to go to the star of the show, and that is Tina from Benita Springs. Oh, welcome, we Tina. Hi, how did you guys enjoy your time off? Oh, we had a great time. But we missed you. We missed your voice. And we just hung up on you. Benita, if you're listening. She didn't believe us. We a, really did miss you. Please call <laughs> back. Give us a call back. 877-960-9960. 772-497-6530. We have a whole lot to get to. Yeah. Tina, I really and, apologize. I I'm embarrassed we're that we do a these things, but a those things happen. You just, we're we're a bunch of amateurs, That's and right. uh, we do our best. Sorry and about that. I run back. Oh, oh there you Mark go. Evans. I knew you wouldn't give up. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what happened. It just kind of got kicked off there for a second. Thank you, Tim. Uh, I was reading a news. I was reading reading a news article, and apparently there is a fairly new group of people. I mean, you think of women getting taken advantage of at the auto dealership or older people. But millennials are the ones that really have to watch. The reason why is because the millennial age group, they're getting married, they're having kids, and as their life changes, they need to get a car that can reflect the life change. And unfortunately, a lot of the millennials, they have the highest amount of uh, bad credit scores hmm. just from student loans and everything else and just various other, other circumstances. But they're the most targeted for subprime loans. And what's yes. happening is these millennials are purchasing a vehicle. They have a couple kids. They realize, oh, my goodness, I really need an SUV. So their car is not paid off. They trade that in. They get another car, and they can end up having a $25,000 car that they owe $45,000 on. That's right. Exactly. And this is not uncommon. And I heard a story of uh, two roommates. They were living in Hawaii, and I guess the one roommate had to get a vehicle. The other one didn't have one. Well, long story short, they ended up with this 84-month loan, and now they're paying 900 bucks a month on this vehicle. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that. It's the number of people that are trading in cars, uh, they, you, they say negative equity. It's also known as being upside down, uh, underwater. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, unfortunately, the car dealers are motivated uh, to push to finance these cars because they make more money financing the car than they do selling it. The profit on a, on a new car sale is about half of what the profit is on a, the financing of that same new car. We get this information from uh, public companies like AutoNation and Sonic and uh, Penske Auto Group uh, because their information, they're a publicly held company, they have to publish the information. And the AutoNation, for example, makes about $2,000 when they finance a car. So as you can see, if they can get a 
a customer to come in with a lot of ne negative equity and roll that negative equity over into the next car loan, then their profit potential is even higher. The more you finance, the more you make when you're a car dealer. Well, I think for someone that's a millennial or younger, rather than buying a car for the moment, like a sports car or something like that, I'm not saying that's wrong because I've had sports cars before. But I think it behooves you to really take stock in your uh, future, like five to ten year future, and see where you're going to be and buy a car to reflect that rather than buying a car for the moment mm -hmm. and then realizing, oh, I'm married, I have two kids, now I need another vehicle, and then not having the balance paid on the first vehicle and then getting yourself into a financial situation. That's so right. It's going to be a lot of foresight. And another thing I've noticed, sort of as an aside, I've noticed you're listening to the show that we don't really have a lot of millennials calling in on the show. I would say the demographic is maybe the, uh, 45 years of age and older. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be really neat if more millennials called the show because they're a targeted group with these car finance yeah. companies. Well, that's true. Um, why is that, Stu? They just well, don't listen to the radio or what? I, well, it could be. I mean, but we do. I mean, we're, we're out there on, you know, on social media as well. But to Tina's point, you know, I mean, I'm a Gen Xer with Rick's a Gen Xer. You guys are silent boomers. generation. You guys are silent. You know, greatest generation. Um, but um, yeah, I think most millennials they don't have all the experience and haven't like lived this. And we, we call it a stereotypical car dealership experience, but it's not stereotypical. It's the actual car dealer ex experience, and it's just something that's more new to them. Um, also, on your point on something they need to watch out about is also doing these extended loan, uh, extended term loans, the 84-month loans, which are becoming more and more um, you know, popular and pushed by dealers. It's really tempting to get that lower payment, but you're going to be stuck in that car for a much longer time. And like you said, wind up in a situation like uh, like Tina described, you know, a ton of, a ton of money on a car. Um, but yeah, I, I, we could probably do a better job, maybe trying to po uh, promoting the show on social media and trying to get some more younger listeners to, to call in because, like, they are targeted. Well, this brings about a question: How long should a car loan be for? Is the ideal forty-eight months? Is it five years? Well, the shorter when the better. Would you want to cut that off and say, uh-uh, no. I, I'd say over uh, over five years, sixty months to me is like the the longest. Well, if you if you take your, I, I think it depends. I, if you can lock in a low rate for longer, if you accept the fact that you're going to be keeping your car longer, and this is your plan, then there's nothing wrong with a longer car loan. Um, if you uh, if you get a good rate uh, and good good financing, uh, and you and you're going to keep your car, twenty years ago. Uh, or if, if, let me go back even 30 or 40 years ago, we used to tell people 36 months or 24 months. People that finance for 36 months, we'd encourage them to try to do it for 24 months. But back then, cars cost eight or $10,000. Today, people are paying uh, $40,000, $50,000 for a new car. And these cars are much better. They last longer. Uh, today, a car with 300,000 miles on it that's been cared for uh, is just fine. I mean, you can drive it for another 100,000 miles. So if you can accept the fact and you want to be frugal, I see nothing wrong with a 60-month car loan. And we just hung up on... Um, <laughs> Tina, are you there? Tina, yeah. Okay, okay. that's uh, interesting noise effects we have. <laughs> well, uh, 
I guess our technological problems did not get resolved while we're on vacation, well, but I, we're I can, fighting it. I can say that uh, Nick is, where, uh, is working very hard on it, and he's getting a lot of exercise this morning running back and forth <laughs> from one studio to another. But let uh, me complete to, my train of thought to, on what I was saying to Tina, because she might be listening yeah. uh, on the air. And when you're and what, done, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll tune in. What I was going to say is that, that uh, before you buy or finance a car, decide how long you want to keep it and that will determine your financing yeah. you have to you have to do a a little arithmetic and find out at what point in your payments you will have break even equity and then positive equity what you want to avoid doing is buying a car and decide you want to trade it and find out that your car is not worth what the payoff is worth. Right. So that's the key. Once you keep a car and have break-even equity, you're okay. And another thing that uh, Stu was talking about with 72-month financing or 84-month financing is uh, being flipped to a lease. This is what happens oftentimes. People come in with a budget. They spend $400 a month now on their car, and they want to buy another car. They've got a lot of negative equity, and if they finance it for the same length of time, uh, they're payment will now be $600 a month, so the car dealer will stretch out the term unbeknownst to them, or even worse, we call it flip to a lease. Tell the car, tell this buyer that he can have a payment of only $400 a month, but don't tell him that he's not buying, he's leasing. And we call that the lease flip, and we have a lot of people that really get taken advantage of there. That's right. You know, the topic that, uh, Tina, if you're listening, the topic of uh, millennials uh, that you mentioned, uh, you know, it, that's an interesting topic because, uh, you know, we all know the millennials as uh, to uh, not own a car. Uh, they don't rent. Uh, you know, they're more or less a, a free spirit uh, compared to, to us. But the older millennials, the ones that, are, uh, that were born in 1980, uh, there's quite, uh, quite a few of them uh, that own vehicles. And I th I'd say it was like 65%. Uh, but uh, like I said, that was an interesting topic that you mentioned this morning. And uh, we need to pay a little bit more attention uh, to them. So thank you for the call. Sorry for all the interruptions, and thank you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. Ladies and gentlemen, give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530, and I believe that uh, Stu is covered up with texts. That's right. Uh, we have a text from Amy. Amy says, hi, I have one more payment left on my lease. Uh, it's in December, so I need to turn my car in. Is it better to turn the car in at the dealership you leased it from and get the inspection done prior to turning the car in that's required by the leasing company? Or is it better to go to the car dealer you'd like to use, which, of course, is Earl Stewart, thank you, Amy, and turn the car in and purchase a newer pre-owned vehicle? I know there's a that dreaded disposition fee due if you don't lease another vehicle. Uh, this is the last time I lease a vehicle. Thanks for your help. Well, Amy, um, you can turn the car into any Toyota dealer, I'm assuming. If they yeah. let you. Yeah, yeah. If they, if well, sometimes they would be foolish not to. But I mean, I guess it can't happen. But uh, you know, if you buy a car in Florida and then you move to Maine, uh, they're not going to make you drive back down to Florida no. to return the car. So, uh, if you want to return your car to any Toyota dealer, they should accept it. And if they didn't, I'd call Toyota and say I got a problem. Uh, but yeah, it's probably better if you like the dealership that you're uh, dealing with uh, to return there. The main thing when you return a car is to be absolutely sure to capture on the record the condition of your car so there's no 
nonsense with the leasing company, Toyota or any other leasing company, in sending you a uh, condition charge saying that it was bit, your car was uh, dented or scratched or stained on the upholstery, the tires were too thin. Um, Freezing time with photographs, notes, and a copy of the condition report so that you can defend yeah. yourself. We see a lot of instances of overcharging for repairs. Yeah, the most important thing is uh, the leasing companies, um, like you mentioned, have an inspection company that they use, and that's the official inspection. Yeah. You can go to the dealership, and the salesperson can tell you, oh, the car looks great. Mm -hmm. um, and it probably, well, it might look great, but if he's wrong, you're still stuck with the bill. So uh, make sure you get the official inspection. And there is a copy for you, a copy yeah. of the condition report. And this is a very important document. Read it, look at the car, and confirm every scratch, sting, stain, and tire condition. And see if it's true. They include pictures, too. Yeah. There's pictures yeah. on the report. When a car, Cars that are returned, uh, Amy, often sit on the lot for a while before the leasing company picks them up. And a car with a full tank of gas, or for that matter, a half tank of gas, can be a temptation for a car salesman to have a ride for the weekend. And if he ends up denting the car or doing something uh, that's going to cost you money, uh, you won't be able to prove it happened with him unless you have a copy of that condition report. All right. That should answer the question. Also, um, sorry to interrupt you, Stu, but uh, Amy, thanks for texting. And uh, you mentioned your shyness. And uh, for a lot of listeners, they feel the same way. They just don't, don't do well on the telephone or in front of a mic. I'm one of them. Uh, but uh, thank you for texting us. And uh, we hope to hear from you again. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us. At 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. We have a uh, text from Andreas, who's a longtime listener and Facebook viewer. And he apparently is on a road trip. He sent us a picture. I, I, I texted it to you, um, Earl. Um, it's, this is kind of funny. He says, good morning, Earl. I saw the attached building with its nice new window adornments, and I had to stop and take a picture for you. Crown Nissan of Greenville um, is open 24-7. Uh, and, and 24 hours a day. Doesn't the sales team need sleep? Who shops for cars um, in person at 2 a.m.? Oh, wait, no, wait a minute. I see what's going on here. It's the website is open 24-7. It probably doesn't come through. Our internet yeah. is very slow here, but it's a big uh, uh, banner on the side of their building that says open 24 hours, uh, seven days a week, but um, below that it says it's at their website. So yeah. very clever. Um, Stu, what about the uh, dealership that's open 24-7 south of us? All the way down in uh, Fort Lauderdale, I think it is. Well, I think uh, Toyota Hollywood is open till is midnight, I think. I'm not sure. But they sell a lot of cars, over like 1,000 Toyotas a month, so uh, it, it might be working for them. Um, we have a text from Anne Marie, um, who is also a longtime listener and texter. Uh, good morning. Welcome back. Y'all are greatly missed. Uh, Rick, the display screen on my 2013 Camry normally has a black background with blue lettering. A couple of days ago, the screen turned white with pink lettering. Oh, that sounds pretty. Um, she sent a picture. Uh, what's going on with the display screen? Um, I started pushing buttons randomly, and it went back to normal. Well, then why are you, why are you texting us? Just kidding. <laughs> I started pushing buttons. That's what I usually do. That's what I do. I just yeah. start pushing buttons. Exactly. Uh, then, then the next step is smacking it or hitting the top of the dashboard. Um, oh, percussive maintenance. Exactly. Um, Amory says, I have no idea what I did, but it seems to have worked. Um, but what was wrong in the first place? Uh, she, she says the, the radio display screen. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just angle this your way. Sorry, oh. viewers or listeners. Yep. Uh, believe it or not, that actually happened to my 2013 Tacoma. 
It's actually an issue in the Radiohead unit itself. And uh, Toyota's not going to like this, but here is my best recommendation for a fix. Best Buy for an aftermarket radio. You will be able to get 2019, actually 2020 technology, brand new aftermarket radio installed for half the price of replacing that with a factory radio. And you would have... A better radio. Brand new 2020 technology that will have like the Apple CarPlay, yeah. the Android CarPlay, better Bluetooth. Everything will work much better and it'll work a lot better with all the new cell phones versus that 2013 technology radio. But it, it is an internal problem in the radio. Well, and I wonder what year did Anne Marie. 2013? Yeah, she's oh, a 2013. 13. Okay. 13. Yep. That's what it is. Yep. She probably bought it on Friday the 13th. Yeah. I've, I've seen that happen on a few vehicles now where that radio screen suddenly whites out like that. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's actually a safety concern because it started occurring on my pickup. And when I leave for work, it's very early in the morning before the sun rises. And suddenly that screen is blinding white in the face. Mm -hmm. So when that occurred, I, I immediately... Headed for Best Buy. Upset. I, I went and got an aftermarket radio and put in, and I yeah. haven't looked back. Very good. Great idea. All right, Stu. You guys in the mood for a controversial text? Absolutely. Okay. Love controversy. Nancy's going to love this one. Um, this is from Dave S. I prefer that you use men as mystery shoppers. Women do not have to insert themselves into everything that men do. I will stop listening to your broadcast from now on. I'm getting sick of women trying to act like men in every aspect of our society. Uh-oh. Go home and make a pie, make a home, make a family, and create a pleasant atmosphere for your family to live in. This is the purpose for which God created you. If he had wanted um, only, he would not have created Eve. So uh, uh, that, you know, that sounds like a question for you Rick. Know the, you, know, the funny, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, uh, while Nancy's blood pressure no, comes it, down. My blood pressure just went up. But uh, yeah. no, what, what it, it, let, let, let me go first. I know everybody likes to jump on these things. Uh, there are a hey, lot of... Hey, women get into everything. I'm going to knock you off that chair. There are a lot of people out there with, with this sort of attitude. And uh, it's interesting. And it's a generational thing. In Saudi thing. Arabia. Dave, without even meeting you, uh, I know your age. Uh, you're probably uh, you know around my age. You're you're a senior citizen. You grew up in a different world, a different culture, and things are changing a lot. Cars are changing, technology and culture is changing, and uh, it, you know, your 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 problem is you were your father and and, and your mother, to, for that matter, raised you in a manner that women were inferior creatures that. Uh, uh, should be uh, almost like children. They should be seen and not heard, and they had. They should bake the pie and clean the house, and the men should rule the world. And you're sincere in your belief, and I don't, I'm not angry at you. I, I I'm sorry for you that uh, that you haven't become enlightened. Uh, you have to learn to change. You have to go with the flow. I'm an old guy, and one of the things I love about myself, I'll pat myself on the back, is I've learned to change. And I call myself a recovering car dealer for that reason. But I'm also a recovering human being because I used to think about women about like you did. But I got educated. I learned. I know how things have changed. And uh, it's a 50-50 world now, Dave. Women uh, have got just as much smarts and ability as we do. And what we need to do is encourage them to participate and become part of the planet. Because in many things, they can do a better job than we do. Now, we'll go to Nancy. 
Okay, well, Dave, first of all, thanks for listening to Earl Stewart on Cars. You know, we appreciate each and every one of our texters, our listeners, uh, everyone that makes this show possible. And I am one of those people who make this show possible. And I do respect your opinion, and uh, everyone has one. And if you feel comfortable with the same opinion in the 21st century, then I say run with it, stay with it, and see if uh, it takes you far. It seems like as if that it has. So it's in this, in this world of women that you say are trying to act like men, uh, gosh, we wear so many hats today that we didn't wear a long time ago. And uh, again, uh, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. So again, Dave, thanks for the text. Uh, thanks for your opinion. And I hope you continue to listen to Earl Stewart on cars. Okay. All right. Thanks, Nance. Uh, we have a follow-up question, uh, text that came in on, on that from the last text. Just one word, pie, question mark, pie. <laughs> I, I haven't heard that one before, but yeah. all right. Uh, he may be reform, referring to a formula in algebra or exactly something like right. That. Well, he had an e on the end of it, but who knows? You know. Oh. Um, so here's, let's back. To, let's go, get back to cars. This is from Lee in Alabama. Uh, we will be moving to Michigan, and it was suggested that we look into an all-wheel drive vehicle for those winter snow days. Uh, we currently drive a CN XLE, and we're looking to get a second car there. What do you think, Rick? Subaru. Subaru. Believe it or not, and, and I'm a Toyota guy all day long, but Subaru makes some of the absolute best all-wheel drive cars out there, especially if you're looking for something in a smaller SUV or a uh, sedan that can be done as an all-wheel drive. Um, other than that, I would look at either a Tacoma pickup or a Ford pickup. Now, I have a question about all-wheel drive. Um, why, why wouldn't all cars be all-wheel drive? It seems to me like an all-wheel drive car is a better vehicle for anything, whether you're in the south, uh, certainly for the north. But it just—I mean—they're just much safer and more. Yeah. They perform better. Well, maybe for the same reason cost, they still cost. make stick shifts. But uh, I would say cost would be yeah. the biggest weight. One. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Weight, the cost, and weight. Uh, plus, your fuel economy is going to be a yeah. lower on an all-wheel drive car because of so much extra weight and so many more moving parts. How much lower, I wonder? That's a good, uh, good point. Uh, I would say it could drop quite a bit because, granted, in an, in an all-wheel drive car, the power is only being sent to the wheels that need power at the time. So, in other words, you'd be driving mostly just with the front-wheel drive car and the power is being distributed. Does an all-wheel drive car weigh more than a four-wheel drive? Uh, not necessarily, because they both have all the same parts. Yeah. But again, they've got so many more moving parts, and they're so much heavier. Yeah. That's where your fuel economy is lost. Well, we'll do a little research on that. But uh, I love the idea of all-wheel drive cars. Any more text? Yeah, we got a bunch. Uh, another one for Rick. Uh, does the transmission on my Camry really never need changing? I assume they're referring to, there's no name on it, uh, transmission fluid, I'm sure. Uh, the, I'm guessing they're referring to a car that's probably less than five or six years old because most of the new cars for the last six or eight years are coming with what's called a WS-type fluid. And under normal driving conditions, 
never needs to be changed. Okay. As a matter of fact, in, in the repair manual, they say to check for leaks, you ins- or to, to check the fluid level on most of the cars like that, they say you look for leaks. If there's no external leaks, then the fluid level's good. Yeah. And if someone tries to sell you a transmission flush on one of those cars, run. That's where my to, mind was and going. And go somewhere else yeah. because, as Rick says, you just don't need it. Yeah. And uh, they prey on people uh, like our last texter who are not entirely sure if it needs to be done. So if you're listening to the show, spread the word. You don't need it done. Um, William sent in a text, uh, wants to know, can you please mention what the hidden fees are if we buy a new car below MSRP? Well, the hidden fees uh, vary from dealership to dealership. And uh, uh, it's kind of like in the state of Florida, which is a wild, wild west in terms of laws on control of dealer fees. Uh, it can be anything. A dealer can have in Florida a fee, and he can name it anything he wants. He can name it orange juice. He can name it electronic filing fee. He can name it Rick Kearney. Any he can fee, name it Bob. And, or Bob. Bob. And like so, therefore, the deception is totally open and legal in Florida. Also, in California, for example, they cap the fee, I believe, at $75. A lot of states cap the fee. So if you're going to cheat the customer, you can only cheat them this much. In Florida, there's no limit on how much you can cheat the customer. So you can change the name to fool the customer. You can raise the amount, lower it. Another interesting thing is in Florida, there's no limit on the number of hidden fees you can have. In California, you can only have one. You can only cheat the customer one once, and you can have to t- limit it to $75. In Florida, you can cheat the customer for as much as you want, as many times as you want, because you can have as many hidden fees as you want. So when you buy a car in Florida, I almost want to tell you to drive to California and forget about yeah. buying a car in Florida because the legislatures here and the uh, trade associations for the car dealers, uh, the regulators, it's all a conspiracy and a gang to take advantage of the consumers. That's right. Okay. Uh, that telephone number again is 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. And I do have to respond to a, a uh, anonymous text. And uh, the anonymous text comes from uh, a man. And he says that Dave must be a very lonely man. Ha, ha, ha. Anyway, I thought, you know, I'd throw <laughs> that in there. But um, most importantly, John from Palm City is calling. Good morning, John. Good morning. Hey, John. Welcome back to everyone. Thank you. Thank Just you. looking at a brand new ad. Makes a lot of sense to me, and I think Rick would agree with it. It's a brand new ad from Xerox Antifreeze. Xerox years ago used to be made by DuPont. Today it's owned by Valvoline. And here's what the ad said. There's no such thing as a generic car. Why would you buy a generic antifreeze? <laughs> Xerox has... Xerox, it's called, has, I'm counting it, seven different antifreezes now for the different brands of car. And naturally, we know when we go to like a Nissan dealer that they have special antifreeze that they use when we get the radiator flush. Does it make sense to Rick to buy the antifreeze from Xerox that's meant specifically for your brand, whether it be General Motors or Ford, for your brand car? Because right in the ad, it says over here, it's better for the engine and maximizes the life of your cooling system. I'd like to get Rick's opinion about the new Xerox antifreezes for all different makes of cars. 
Well, uh, they're basically antifreeze is kind of like oil. It's oil is oil. Uh, some companies are going to be refined to a little better quality, but ethylene glycol is the main ingredient in antifreeze. And the only real difference is the coloring that certain companies have a different color to them. Like we use pink for Toyota, blue for Scion. Uh, they have red, they have green, they have orange. Do they all taste the same? As a matter of fact, they do. Okay. And it's pretty good. Uh, what was it? Ethylene? What? Ethylene glycol. 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 Almost, yeah. I, I didn't know that. It's highly toxic. Don't taste it. I'm it sorry is. for saying it, that. It's I an it alcohol, <laughs> and it's it's actually very sweet tasting. It just accidental splashes. I've I've gotten the flavor of, of yeah. It's dangerous because pe pets like it, so you yes. got to be careful with that. Yeah. Uh, a safety note, folks. You might be never. one of the few normal people that knows what uh, antifreeze tastes like, Rick. Do you have to? But add, I'm not normal. Do you, do you have to add? You're lucky vermouth? to be alive. Nope. <laughs> no vermouth. No, just, nope. Just a touch. But of folks, it. do not let antifreeze stay on the ground. Clean it up, yeah. because not so, only is it bad for the environment to get out there in in our, in our world, but it's bad for any animals because yeah. they like that sweet flavor. They will lick it right up and not realize that they're killing themselves very quickly. So, yeah. it's John, does that very answer, bad thing? Does that answer your question? Yes. Another important thing I want to say, thank God for the American engineers. I mean, they've, I'm going to go over some things fast that they have come up with. But there's one thing that, uh, by the way, the new Mustang that's coming out in late 2020 is going to be a full, a full electric yeah. Mustang. Mm -hmm. Nobody believes right. this. And it'll be just as performance-wise as one of the hottest Mustangs. Wow. I didn't know that either. Yeah. I'm learning all sorts but of stuff today. That's the future <laughs> of us. And also the new Corvette that's coming out, yeah. the mid-engine, yeah. with an automatic top that you could actually fold down. It matches the outside contour, ah. painted the color of the car, and you could actually raise it at 30 miles an hour. Wow. wow. So, I'm an engineer, but I, the thing so that cool. shocks me, like we're in Florida, a boating state. Never, never did an engineer ever come up with a car that goes on land and in water. Mm-hmm. Does any of you remember there was one that was made in Germany? Oh, yeah. It was the car. made in yeah. the 60s. Yeah, I was trying to buy one uh, recently because they were going to start working on the bridge uh, where I live. I, can't, <laughs> couldn't get a, I couldn't get to work. <laughs> That's right. And it I would have had to drive to uh, Hobe Sound to get across to the mainland to come to work. So I was I did a little research on that, and I was this close to buying an amphibious car. It was either that or the helicopter. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, here's here's a cool one. You want to go drive one? Disney World has a small fleet of them that you can actually drive around and drive right into their lakes. You can right. at Disney World, Lake Buena Vista. You what do you think, what do you, what, what do you think about there. that, John? This car. Yeah, I followed it. It was made in the '60s, around '61 to '67. Is that what James and it was Bond made drove in Germany? Uh -huh. It was called an Amphicar 770, wow. and it was so good. Door tight, watertight doors. In '65, two of them crossed the English Channel in gale force winds Man. in 20 foot waves, oh. and they survived. <laughs> but here's the problem: they appear on the collector car market, right? Mm -hmm. Around sixty, seventy thousand dollars. It costs much more than that to restore one to get the parts, mm -hmm. and mostly every one you restore has a major problem: I bet. salt and rot, water rot. So. But it was a fantastic car, and it was made for like seven years from 61 to 67. But maybe someday, with all American technology, 
uh, it may come out, and we will be able to buy one. I, I'd love to have one. I, I, I fantasize about uh, having well, an amphibious car. I'm, I'm trying to picture the logistics of this. What would you do? Would you just like drive off the bridge? Or no, where the, the, we have a boat launch. <laughs> uh, a boat launch. You just oh, drive down, down, down the, down yeah, the drive ramp. down the boat okay, launch okay. ramp, drive into the intercoastal <laughs> waterway, <laughs> and uh, go across the intercoastal. You know, wherever I you want to go. you driving off the seawall hey, and plunging that, into the you, intercoastal. That's, too, that's more realistic. Do you really think that your dad's going to go down to I don't the marina? I don't no, know. No, no, no. He's going to do what you John, just said. thank you very, very much. That, that, uh, you just brought... fun call. Welcome back again. Hey, thank hey, you, John. John. Before you go, here's a trivia yes. question for you. Which president had an amphicar? Uh, Roosevelt, I guess. Lyndon Johnson. Oh, yeah. right? As a matter of fact, That's the famous right. story about him was he used to drive into a lake right. screaming, the brakes were out, the brakes right, were right. out, That's and true. scaring his yeah. passengers. Yeah, that was in a, there was a biopic movie <laughs> yep. about him. I, he, they did that. I forgot. Fantastic. Oh, I'll look up the name of that movie. We'll recommend on it on the air. <laughs> John, good to hear your voice. We missed you while we were gone. Okay, welcome back again. Thank you. Thanks, John. Hey, we're going to go straight to Howard, who's been holding. Good morning, Howard. Hey, Howard, you out there? I'm here. Hey, Howard. Oh, good. It's been a while. Yeah, been a while. Nice talking to you. Uh, and I want to commend you on the. Uh, uh, I received a uh, uh, a statement from you saying that uh, you have a tire price match guarantee. So, uh, and you have to bring in proof of the pricing at the time. Uh, you know, it says bring at the time of purchase. Um, it must be current within the last 30 days, uh, and it has to be uh, a coupon. They get, get a coupon if you bring, uh, let's say, a statement from the uh, tire manufacturer, uh, a sales slip, and then you're going to beat that price. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that's, that's tremendous. Uh, well, you're saying you got nice that from us, Howard? Yes, I got it from Toyota. Yeah, neither one of us, no. neither one of us knew about it, but no. uh, maybe Jeff did it. Uh, no, I think it's probably, it could be uh, like a Southeast Toyota, like a regional offer on our behalf. We got to look into that because um, yeah, we I didn't sign off on that. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm not honoring it. <laughs> Just, kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, Howard. Uh, we'll look into it, but yeah, sometimes there's some like regional uh, stuff that goes on. But yeah, it says we will meet or beat any com- competitor's price. Has to be within a 50 uh, mile radius. And uh, you have to have proof of the. Uh, you go to Tires Plus and you get a little statement from them. Yeah. And then you're going to beat the price. Yeah. So, uh, maybe you can maybe you can fax me a copy of that or yeah. or email it to us or and we'll it. check yeah, it maybe. out. Yeah. Either that or maybe we just lost control this of the dealership <laughs> and people are doing whatever the hell they want to do. You went out of town and I yeah. went crazy. No, it has to do with. I think also it's on that uh, statement that I received from from you. It said it's past time for your 25,000-mile service. Uh, the only problem is I already had it. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Well, I so, yeah, it's, it's the, that's the it's Southeast Toyota uh, marketing thing. It has to do with their obsession with selling tires. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right, we could do a whole show on Southeast Toyota. We might do it one day. Let's be careful. Any questions I have for you? When I went uh, to get the 25,000-mile service, the... Person who was uh, checking me out uh, said, uh, I, "I can't. I, I can get the service. I'm not going to give you an engine filter or a cabin filter because they look okay. Now, how can you tell they look okay? You have to put them up to a light or something. Is that correct?" Rick, 
we pull them out and we just shine a flashlight on them and if they just look kind of a little bit dull but they're not packed up with dirt we will let them go because i mean a filter is a paper white paper filter like that's very easy to tell if it's super dirty or not and if it's not dirty we're not going to waste your money how it usually works the other way the dealer says you need a filter but you don't really need a filter uh and so this uh guy was trying to take care of you and say look uh I know it says you need a filter, but we just checked it and you don't. When manufacturers come up with these maintenance rules, it's an average. And every car drives in different conditions, different drivers, and uh, no two air filters are going to look exactly right, the same after you know X thousands of miles. And some of these filters don't need changing. And why change them if they don't need to be? Yeah. So i got to give you kudos because I, I never heard of a thing where we uh, uh, a dealership turned down uh, changing the, any of these filters. They, they just automatically changed them without even bothering. Well, I'm going to check. I'm going to check and find out who the service advisor was and congratulate him because I'm surprised myself. They're paid on commission, and uh, he cost himself some money when he didn't sell you a filter, and he was just doing it because he was trying to take care of you. So, I uh, thank you very much. Uh, for that comment, and he will be congratulated and thanked by us and hugged and hugged. <laughs> and hug. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one other thing I just wanted to say. Uh, uh, I know a guy that bought one of these cars, the amphibious cars. Here's the problem with the amphibious car. When you got out of the water, the brakes didn't work too well because they were drum brakes. Now, drum brakes do not take water very well. No, so, they don't. Uh, so that was, that was a big problem. Now, my question to you is, Europe always used disc brakes. Why the heck did we uh, catch on to the European style and change over uh, to, to uh, disc brakes uh, many years before? Rick, what do you say? I still haven't figured that one out. As a matter of fact, the Toyota Tacoma is like one of the last vehicles out there. They are still making them with drum brakes in the back, and I don't get it. Disc brakes were, are so much more efficient. Could They're it be so cost much factor? Better. Could it be a cost factor to keep the price of the truck down? I, I can't see how it would make that big a difference. When you've got the when you've got the manufacturing capability set up with the uh, tools and machines and the process, and yeah. you've got and you've been doing it for fifty years, then but you, you've you've modernized everything else, and every other yeah. part on that vehicle has been changed over. Everything else has been retooled. Hmm. Why still stick with an ancient technology of drum brakes? The only real difference that it makes is you have to design the system now to have either a, a caliper that can apply a, a parking brake or a separate parking brake in a small drum inside the disc. Yeah. But every other model of car that, that is made, that Toyota makes, has disc brakes great every question, single one great question Howard. and you're right it just seems silly toyota's wrong my theory is uh, it's just a matter of keeping the cost down a little bit and uh, they shouldn't do that ah. yeah foolish now, now how come uh, uh, every car that i ever owned with disc brakes i never had to change the uh, disc in the rear uh, do they last much longer than the uh, front disc well the the fronts still do about 70 percent of the stopping power on the car that's why your rear brakes will last so much longer. And because of that, those rear discs can be resurfaced a couple of times, and they can outlast the car. 
Can you resurface the front discs? Yes. Can, can that be done? Yes. Unless they are severely time? corroded, which uh, northern cars, they generally just replace the brake discs because they're usually rusted really badly. And so unless you live right next to the ocean down here, most of the time we can resurface front discs two, three, sometimes even four times, depending on on how bad the wear is on them. Yeah, but uh, is, it, is it a fact that at one time the front discs were thicker than they are now? They made them thinner or they made them uh, less uh, durable. Is that correct? I think it's probably the just they're changing the durability factor. The thickness is still there, but sometimes they wear a little more, and, of course, corrosion has a big effect. Okay, I got you. Thank you very much for all the information. I appreciate it, and you have a nice day. Thank you, Howard. Thanks. It was great hearing from you, Howard. Howard's been a big part of our show for a long time. Thanks for bringing that mailer to our attention also. Our number is 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget we have that mystery shopping report coming up. So uh, we're going to go to Frank, who's calling from uh, New York. Good morning, Frank. Hi, how are you? Hey, Frank. Well, well thank you. Uh, Earl, I, I'm, I need to get a new car within the next two weeks, and I've been looking at the 2019 um, Highlanders, mm -hmm. and I know that the new ones are coming out next month, mm -hmm. um, and they're giving 2000 Toyota's giving $2,000 back, and mm -hmm. I got a pretty good deal, I think, and I've been going to uh, a couple of dealers. Mm -hmm. um, my worry is the depreciation. Mm -hmm. um, if I can wait a month, I know there won't be new deals on the 2020s right away, but in your opinion, would it be worth it to wait for the 2020s? Frank, how long are you going to keep the car after you buy it? Um, usually we keep a car for a long time, but at least five or six years, maybe maybe longer. Uh, uh, we have no, no, we don't have anything in sight to, to uh, trade it in. It's, it isn't a, it isn't a huge decision because you keep a car longer, uh, but you're right. The depreciation is pretty heavy. If you kept the car for six years, uh, then I would, um, or if you kept it for five years, let's say, I would opt for the 2020. Yeah. And you also want to look at the improvements and the. It's a, uh, a total redesign on the 2020, oh, so that's okay. going to kill the value yeah. of the 19th. That, well, I, I didn't even realize yeah. that. So. Uh, the fact that you have a total redesign on the 2020 would indicate that you probably you could wait two or three months and buy the 2020 yeah. and get just as good a deal as you got on the 2019. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much. I've been so worried about it, and uh, it's great to hear that. Well, Frank, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you. Good luck with your next purchase. Keep listening. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You're welcome. 877-960-9960, uh, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We have uh, texts that are piling up with Stu, and we have uh, uh, YouTube with uh, uh, Rick. And we also, we also have, boy, I'll tell you, you're talking yeah. about multitasking. Whoa! <laughs> Having a good time this morning. We're going low tech. We're actually running back and forth <laughs> yeah. from, from control room to studio. I got pens, pencils, papers, computers. I got a cell phone. I believe that we have uh, M Mina uh, calling from West Palm Beach. I hope I didn't butcher your name. Are you Nina? And are you there, Nina? Mina. 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 Yes, I'm Mina, and I'm here. Good morning, and welcome back. Well, thank oh, you, Mina. Thank you, Mina. Are you a first-time caller? <laughs> Yes, I am. Oh, well, yes, congratulations. I'm an often listener. 
<laughs> oh, thank you very thank you. much. I hope you have spread the word about us. I have fifty dollars oh, for I you have. as a first time oh, caller. Thank you. What can we do thank for you? you? Well, my question is, I have a uh, actually it's a two thousand seven BMW with uh, fifty seven thousand miles. It's the hardtop convertible. But my question is, does one rotate run flat tires? Yes. Can you, do you rotate? Yes. 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 The answer is yes, you do. And you rotate them the same way you rotate a regular tire? Yes. Generally you recommended know. to be front to back. Front to back, but not side to side? Generally not because radial tires, if you change them from side to side, you can create a pull. And as you're driving down the road, the car will want to try to pull to one side or the other. Okay. Okie doke. That was it. All right. Well, thank you, Minna. I appreciate the call very much. We love your voice. And you're going to have uh, $50 cash mailed out to you. Stay on the line, and uh, we'll get your contact information in the control room. Yes, definitely. Thank you for everything you do. It's it's really a great service. Oh, you're quite welcome. We want want you to call back. I mean, we love your voice. (laughs) You have a beautiful voice. Thank you very much indeed. You're welcome. Stu's sitting here smiling ear to ear. Uh, <laughs> I'm smiling here, so oh. Well, thank you. Thank you for being part of Earl Stewart on Cars. Okay. Stu. We'll get to Rick, the text bye. now. Yeah, bye-bye, bye-bye. man. Um, yeah, we got a lot of texts. We have one. This is from Steve in New Jersey. Uh, this is really interesting. It says, hi, Earl. I have a topic I believe may never have been discussed on your show. My wife is four feet eight inches tall. That's 56 inches. I was just at the point of purchasing a new Mercedes and looking at the owner's manual before finalizing my purchase, I found that the front seat safety systems are designed for people uh, at a minimum of four feet nine inches, 57 inches. Front seat passengers below 57 inches require a booster seat. Otherwise, the shoulder strap might not properly secure the person and the airbags might not properly protect them. When I contacted Mercedes-Benz, their suggestion was to have my wife ride in the back seat or purchase a booster seat for her to ride in the front. My guess is a lot of older people, particularly women, may be short like my wife and are at risk of inadequate protection without even knowing it. It's very troubling to me. And then he added, um, he saw in Consumer Reports and their uh, October 23rd edition, the crash test bias, how male-focused testing puts female drivers at risk. So in addition to front car seats and safety systems designed for women five feet plus, remember my, his wife is four feet eight, uh, now I have to worry, is she safe in any car? Um, is this the next airbag tragedy? Wow, that is really interesting. Yeah, It is. Uh, Steve, you're right. I, that's, uh, that's a great question. We actually have a little experience as a, as a car dealer because we have a lot of elderly folks. We have a lot of uh, ladies that uh, own cars, buy cars from us. And uh, I used to be six foot five. I'm 78, be 79 next month. And uh, I'm, five, now only, five, I'm only 6'3 now. <laughs> right? But uh, we, we get a little shorter. And, you know, we have a lot of elderly, shorter people uh, who have problems. And they don't talk about it in terms of safety, although you're absolutely right. It is a safety issue. Uh, they have tire, in terms of visibility, not being able to, to see out yeah. uh, the, you know, the front window, the side windows. Uh, we talk about 
they always ask us, can we adjust the seats? Can we raise the seat? And uh, we can't raise the seat because the factory designs the seat. It's, it's approved by the NHTSA. And if you modify a seat, uh, you're going to have a real problem with safety. Uh, there should be uh, somebody that's got some common sense that would design seats that could be adjusted so that you could raise a seat no matter if, if you were four foot eight. I, are there? I mean, I know that there are companies that do modifications for accessibility, you know, for you know, people need a wheelchair mm-hmm. or special like steering or pedal um, accommodations. Yeah. Rick, do you know, is there any like, um, you know, accessibility options that are approved by the manufacturers and, and, the, and the government for safety things? Do you know? I don't know about manufacturer approval, but I know a lot of cars that come in, they have those uh, seat pillows that actually raise the person up by an inch or two inches or even a little bit more. My guess is that could be considered uh, to be a modification of the seat. I mean, the seats are, yep. are designed today. Your airbag is designed in a certain manner, uh, but I, sometimes people have no choice. I mean, if you can't see out the front window and you want to buy a car, uh, you have to be able to raise it up. and. Uh, it, it, it's a problem. Uh, if we've got anybody listening out there in the federal legislatures uh, or state for that matter, uh, it's a problem that needs to yeah. be addressed. I mean, there is no I, – I we'll Google this. We'll find out when you do a safety test in a car, crash test, rollover, and the rest of it, what is the assumed height range of the individual? Because if you have somebody there, let's really exaggerate. What if you have a, a, a small person, yeah. four feet tall? Is that can a four foot tall person safely drive a car? Yeah. Oh, like Steve mentioned, he said that um, and from the Consumer Reports article, he says that they that most of the testing is done and the safety systems are designed for people who are at least five feet tall. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a that's a serious problem. So what's your for? Uh, it's yeah. a great question, and we need yeah. to do some more research and and study on that. It should be yeah, you know, who should raise this question is the National Automobile Dealers Association and uh, the state associations if they cared about their customers uh, instead of fighting to keep their hidden fees. They should be fighting to have the manufacturers modify the cars so that it could accommodate smaller people. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, moving on, we have a, another text. This is a Rick question. Uh, Rick, I have a 2019 Tacoma with the 2.7 liter engine that's equipped with factory installed uh, Toyota air filter. And then he, he provided the, uh, the part number for the Toyota air filter. After doing some research, I can't seem to find a source that offers this actual filter. And each source offers me a different Toyota part number. I do realize that multiple Toyota oil filters will fit on the 2.7 liter. But which Toyota filter is the best and closest replacement for uh, a part number, which I'm not going to read because um, it's boring. Uh, can you please explain how to decipher Toyota's part numbers on these filters that were recommended to me? Um, also, can you please tell me if any of them differ in quality, design, or origin? Thank you. Uh, the 2019 Tacoma 2.4 liter is going to use a normal cartridge filter, I believe, a normal steel filter, as I recall. Um, the interesting part is the filter that came from the factory has got a special factory part number on it that's only available at the factory. Oh, that's why you can't find it. Right. Yeah. The part that you will be sold by a Toyota dealership actually has a different part number on it. And I don't know exactly why Toyota did this, but I kind of like it because it lets me tell at a glance whether or not that filter's actually ever been changed. Um, 
So the, the, actually, the best way to get the proper filter is right through the Toyota dealership. You know, what I would uh, suggest, too, uh, is if they check Amazon, I know you said that this particular um, filter with the, with the part number is only available at Toyota dealers, but Toyota dealers can sell to Amazon. Yes. And uh, Amazon is famous for having um, products that you wouldn't think they would have. And if you do nothing else, then check with Amazon. If they have it, you can still buy from your local dealer, but make the dealer match the price on Amazon. Or the easy, easy way, if you want to get the, make sure you get the right part number from Amazon, just call your local dealer yeah. and ask them, what is the part number that you have for this Toyota factory OEM filter, and go by that part number. Car dealers uh, uh, have a typical markup on parts of about 40%. But a lot of car dealers will mark up cars beyond 40%. Uh, there's no rule on that. Just like MSRP is only suggested, the suggested retail price on parts is only suggested. And you could call a lot of uh, Toyota dealers and get a price on a part uh, oil filter that's even higher than the 40% markup. That's the reason I say if Amazon carries it, it's a great place to check the price. Absolutely. And for alternatives, I would stick with a company like Fram or Purolator, uh, any of the big brand name companies for oil filters, their quality's just fine, and they'll have a what's called a crossover chart, which will tell you exactly which filter that you would need for their part number that will match up to be the Toyota part number. Great okay. information, Rick. Uh, we're gonna go to David, who's been holding from North Palm Beach. Good morning. How are you, David? Oh, good morning, I'm sorry. Uh, I went to the Costco site to try to buy a car on a Costco auto buying site, mm -hmm. and they directed me to Delray and to Stewart. Aren't you still on the Costco auto buying site? Yes. Yes, we are. They, they, uh, uh, Costco, where do you live, David? North Palm Beach, 33408. Okay. Uh, can you tell me what, what kind of vehicle were you, were you, uh, uh, searching for? Was it a 2020 uh, a model? Toyota RAV4. Uh, do you know it was a 2019 or a 2020? No, I wanted a 2020. I wanted an XLE Premium with two-tone paint. And I'm trying to find out whether they do make an XLE with two-tone paint. Okay. So when if you don't see a dealer show up on the Costco search, it means they don't have the, uh, the vehicle listed, uh, um, uh, listed for sale yet. The 2020, uh, let me just double-check this, the 2020 RAV4, I am going to look real quick. Uh, it might not be uh, one second. Here. Well, I'll, I'll the 2019s. There are no 2020s out yet. <laughs> That's oh, there. I'm sorry. They're just coming in now. So, uh, and some of, yeah, some of the dealers do have them. Yeah, in some. Time. Yeah. Well, no, we just, we, just we should have had them listed, and we didn't do it, and we dropped the ball, and we just learned something that we need to correct. So, so thank you. Still th honor the Costco site. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. If you just you can if you if you try it later uh, today, that'll be they will be up. That's the reason. Okay. I, the reason I love this show is we find out not only what other car dealers are doing that's stupid, is we find out what we're doing that's well, stupid. The, another reason it might be if we don't want to put in with Costco's um, suggested price because of the dealer fee issues. So if they are saying that they are selling them for a great discount, yeah. um, then then we won't put that in. 
Well, I, I, I think we can discuss this at another time, but when other car dealers are listing cars with Costco and we don't, uh, sometimes people go in and buy a different car. So I think we just need to bite the bullet on these enlisted cars that are available. And David, thank you very much for helping me uh, improve my dealership. Thank you very much for taking my call. Okay. Thanks for listening, David. Uh, I have a text that I'm going to squeeze in here, and this is from Janet, and this is for uh, Rick. Uh, Janet's out shopping for tires, and she wants to know which of the uh, two tire centers would be a better place to go. And she asked about uh, Michelin, and she also asked about... Uh, Costco is a place well, I always recommend lost, for tires. I lost the text. Uh, Firestone. Uh, my recommendation is pick the si find what size tire you need. Go with a Michelin. Michelin makes the absolute best tire out there for quality. Great. And I would price shop them around, but I would check Costco first because Costco's got some of the lowest prices out there. And they've got what you need. And the current issue, or maybe it's last month's issue of uh, Consumer Reports, uh, has recommended tires. And they also had... Uh, they also had a recommended tire retailers uh, recently in, in uh, Consumer Reports. So check there in terms of what really is a good tire. But Michelin, of course, is a good tire. Yep. And uh, Costco is the best place to buy a tire. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And uh, also Earl was right. That is the December issue of uh, Consumer Report. And uh, they have everything in there about tires. And I'm going to take a minute and thank Jonathan. Boy, what a great feature that we have a new feature today and that's a split screen mm -hmm. uh, and if you guys haven't noticed it i have and yeah. it's a, a great feature a great okay. addition we're getting behind on text yeah, i think we, we need to put like, some catch up here like 10 of them um uh, steve followed up real quick he just looked this up he said per consumer reports this has to do with the um people of shorter stature i mean female in car crashes females are 17 percent more likely to die and 73 greater chance of serious injury than a man in a car crash. Oh. Women test dummies are hardly ever used to assess vehicle safety. So that's that's a shame, and that's got to change. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, the stuff we come up with, and you just wonder, what are these people that we're electing to office, what are they doing? I mean, I, I let me say that we have the greatest government in the world. We have the, our democracy in the United States of America is amazing. But when I see the way our politicians operate, I just, it's a, it's a miracle that we are that good a country. It is, it is. Uh, Stu, would you please read those statistics again? Yeah, um, women are 17% more likely to die and 73% greater chance of a serious injury than a man in a car crash. Amazing, the law has to change. Amazing, just like the law has to change on these uh, car dealers that are selling these cars with Takata airbag, Recalls. I mean, this is uh, what's it going to take? People are dying. Uh, I know I switched gears there for a second, but it's a very important topic, the same as the statistics that Stu just shared with us. Now back to Stu. Okay. Uh, this is from, from Kevin. He says, Hello, Earl. What do you think of Honda's new Insight compared to Toyota's Prius? I could take that. Um, it's a pretty uh, uh, pretty even match. They have identical uh, mileage, uh, 52 miles per gallon combined. Um, the 
Prius is a hatchback. You get some more cargo room. The inside the sedan, so you get less cargo room. Um, Prius is a l- <clears throat> costs a little bit more, maybe about $700 more. So it's kind of a flip of the coin depending on what I you check, want to use uh, it for. I check Consumer Reports. I honestly don't know what the uh, valuation is, but if Consumer Reports checks them both, I buy the one consumer yeah. reports. I think they're both highly rated, so it yeah. makes it even harder to choose. <laughs> well, I usually they they give you yeah. points, yeah. so I would buy the uh, the between the Honda and the Toyota. I buy the one that had the highest number of consumer points. Yeah, I would also consider things like if you have a lot of cargo to carry around, or yeah. if you don't. So, yeah. Um, the next one is uh, sorry. Uh, good morning. I recently agreed to per, uh, price on a Camry. Um, at a local car dealer, pretending pending a uh, sorry, it's a, I can't read that. Pretending, pending a purchase inspection by my mechanic, I took a Toyota certified pre-owned 2017 Camry LE to be inspected. The salesman was reluctant to let me take the vehicle and said it had already been inspected. He eventually let me take the car. My mechanic said that there was an excessive amount of water and copper in the intake um, huh. intake fluid and suggested it be flushed, and the battery was low. And he said it needed to be replaced sometime in the near future. He also pointed out that the shark fin antenna had been damaged and repaired very poorly. The paint was off and poorly done, and it was not sitting flush on the roof. That was for the antenna. Um, And you could see light between the antenna and the roof, um, and that, that could be a water leak waiting to happen. Other than this, he said the car was good to go. I took it back to the dealership, and the salesman told me that this is a used car, and those items are to be be expected. kind of hard to read. Uh, Ring advertised as a Toyota certified, and they did inspect the car. Why didn't they fix these issues? He agreed to fix the issues, but only after I bought the car. I told him if he fixes the car uh, before, I'll buy, but I haven't heard back from him. It's been two weeks. The car, 26,000 miles. Uh, should, shouldn't have gotten a certification, um, but better than pre-owned and held to a higher, higher standard. That's from Billy. From who? Billy. Billy, congratulations. You are an educated consumer, and you saved a lot of people, including yourself, money. Because follow Billy's uh, procedure. Always get a car checked by an independent mechanic, a used car, before you buy it. And when the dealers won't have it done or allow it to be done or makes it hard on you, go somewhere else. Yep. Next text. Yep. This is actually on youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, this is from an anonymous person, obviously. Hi, from Gainesville, Florida. Love your show. Wish you would buy the local Toyota dealership here. They have an eight ninety nine pre-delivery fee, and I'm not sure of the other fees. I'm taking your advice, and we'll be price shopping. <laughs> Very good. Good on you. Uh, next one is also youranonymousfeedback.com. Good morning. Why is Jacksonville the only city north and northeast of Orlando that has a Lexus dealership? Most Lexus dealerships are from Orlando and south of Orlando. Thank you. Uh, Lexus dealerships are located in areas where the demographics support the product. Luxury cars uh, require people with money, and older people typically buy with money buy Lexus. And that's the reason you see more Lexus dealers in areas of that demographic description. Okay. We are caught up. Okay. How about a, I got a YouTube over here, right? Oh, we've got a few here. Good. Uh from a little bit earlier here, Donovan was asking, he says he's looking at two different dealers uh, for a car, but they both have a $799 dealer fee. How do I get out of that? Well, the best thing to do is just assume they're going to charge you the dealer fee and take the price, the out-the-door price, including the dealer fee, and compare it with at least two other dealers. So uh, you want to buy the car from the dealer of the brand 
that you're buying that has the lowest out-the-door price. If the dealer insists on putting a dealer fee or a hidden fee or any other thing in the car, he can charge anything he wants. He can charge you for his breakfast. Put it in the deal and just have that price, and the only thing will be added to it is sales tax and tag, government fees, and take that bottom line out-the-door price and get three comparisons, let the dealers know this is what you're doing, and buy it from the dealer that gives you the lowest out-the-door price. And Living Like Julie asks, uh, she has a 20-year-old Nissan Xterra, hmm. and she's looking for recommendations for a new vehicle, but she likes the feel, the solid feel of a truck. Hmm. What would be your recommendation for something to replace a Nissan Xterra? Well, again, I'd go to Consumer Reports. I, I get a little bit nervous about the Nissan franchise today. Uh, they're having some severe financial problems. Uh, they're having some severe uh, managerial problems. Uh, one of their top managers, I believe the chairman of the board, is in jail, and the other one just got out of jail. <laughs> and uh, they're struggling to try to merge. And it's uh, I, I would not buy a, a vehicle from a manufacturer that whose survivability uh, was in question. So I'd go to a, a brand uh, other than Nissan, and I would go to Consumer Reports, and you've got a really good selection of similar vehicles to the Xterra. Ernesto Ortega is asking, the CBC Marketplace recommends a 60-month maximum loan, preferably 36 to 60 months. That was from our earlier conversation about uh, yeah. how long a lo car loan should be. More of a comment, actually, I guess. Yeah, I, I look at the financing a car in terms of how long I'm going to keep the car and how low an interest rate I can get. Now, if someone said to me that uh, I wanted to buy a car and they said, I'll give you a 0% uh, loan uh, for 20 years, I'd take it. I'm exaggerating to make the point. Certainly. If they said, I'll give you a 1% loan for 20 years, i think about it a little bit. Uh, if it was a 2% loan, you see where I'm going with this? So it's a matter, your your money, your cash in your pocket or your cash in your checking account, your bank account is worth something to you. If you invest in the stock or bond market, it's worth probably more to you. And you you can make use of your cash. If I can find a lender that will loan me money at a low enough interest rate, I'll finance with them for a long, long time. Uh, the reason I wouldn't do it is uh, for a long, long time is because the rate was too high and because I wasn't going to keep the car that long anyway. Hmm. Omega Roja says, the Chrysler dealership in Tampa is offering employee pricing. Is this really the lowest price you're going to be able to get? Employee pricing is kind of a joke. Uh, employee pricing for a car dealership is whatever the car dealership decides to sell to the employees for. Same thing with a manufacturer. They have manufacturer employee pricing. Uh, employee pricing is just a name. It's a label. Find out what the employee pricing is. Uh, uh, find out with respect to the true cost of the vehicle, how much more does an employee have to pay? Because oftentimes, I see these advertisements, you can negotiate a lower price than what the dealer is advertising as the employee price. Hmm. And Mark Smith from Iowa says he has seen a couple different posts online talking about the idea of an all-wheel drive Camry and an all-wheel drive Avalon. Have we heard anything about these? Uh, I have not. I do know that the Prius is coming out with an all-wheel drive Prius. Really? Um, yeah. But I yep. haven't heard about the Avalon or the Camry. 
Okay. Well, it's encouraging to hear that, and I haven't heard of it either, but I hope they do it. I just have a gut feeling that all-wheel drive will be what we see in all cars one day. Yeah. And I think that when, when we're all electric and autonomous, yeah. it's going to be all-wheel drive, too. Well, the interesting part, just to throw my thoughts in here, the hybrid Highlander, when it came out, they had an all-wheel drive simply by putting an electric motor back at the back end that would mm -hmm. drive the rear axles. And, of course, electric vehicles, the really nice part about that is you can make a small, very powerful electric motor. And I've even seen some prototype ideas of having a separate electric motor for each drive wheel, so thereby allowing you to have all-wheel drive. Without the weight. Exactly. And, yeah. and decreasing that weight quite a bit. Very good. Uh, as a matter of fact, got a couple others here. Uh, Ernesto Ortega also is saying, uh, have we considered being part of the Sam's Club auto buying program? Uh, we looked at it, uh, and I can't recall why no, we... No, no we, we, we are. are. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We don't do much business with Sam's Club, it's, do we? Yeah, it's not a... Um it's not nearly as extensive or well known as the uh, Costco program. Is it, it as, is it as good a buy for the? I don't well, think so. No, um, they, they don't have the restrict the, the strict pricing policies that mm -hmm. Costco has. Mm -hmm. uh, we also do the um, Walmart car saver thing, which also doesn't has never yeah. really taken off. Yeah, dealers typically sign up for a lot of these uh, buying programs. Costco is is the best. Uh, True Car is good, uh, but there are a lot of buying programs out there. Okay. And the last one I have here uh, is, sorry, I just got a post here that's going to make me crack up, but I, I don't think I'll be reading that one anytime soon. Um, <laughs> Living Like Julie just asked, she says, uh, it'll be hard to let my Xterra go. I love that truck. She says, which vehicles are similar to the Xterra? Most of them are now cars dressed up as trucks. Is the forerunner the only true truck option? I think what she's looking for is an frame. SUV that's on a full frame. Yeah. And for Toyota, I think that would be restricted to the 4Runner, the Sequoia, or the Land, Land Cruiser. Cruiser. And I, I would check some of the other manufacturers out there. I don't think Honda really has anything because no. they're restricted just to the... Uh, the oh, what's the name of their trucks? Do the uh, Ridgeline. The Ridgeline. How about, yeah. how about Subaru? Uh, Subaru, I don't think actually makes a full frame vehicle. I think yeah, most of theirs unibody. are all unibody. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, you'd have to be looking at Chevy or Ford. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, what's Honda's upgrade there? The the Acura. Acura. MDX. Acura, I think, has some of the other vehicles that also have a full frame to yeah. look at. Okay. Yeah. I got a couple okay. more texts that popped in uh, okay. last and minute before we well, get to the mystery shop. Tim is asking, Tim in Florida says, and he wants it read, are the rumors true that Rick used to be a male model for Autotech Monthly Magazine? Yes. I was wondering no, why you were washing. No. He did. No. He was. I have it. We have um, it penned up in the tech lounge at the uh, dealership. <laughs> he may have been. Uh, folks, I just want to let you know that Earl referred to Consumer Report several times. And uh, the December issue, uh, it has got some real hot topics in it. And one of the topics is uh, how to save yourself uh, some money on car insurance. And uh, also the November issue, you want to check that out. Tires, can't say enough about tires. So check that out too. And uh, take a look at Earl's latest column, Negative Equity. That's AKA upside down and underwater. That would be in the hometown news 
can be on Earl on Cars and uh, the Florida Weekly. And uh, you're very handsome, Rick. <laughs> now back to Stu. <laughs> uh, no name on this one. It says, good morning. And again, I love listening to your show. I live here in West Palm Beach. I was visiting last week in Las Vegas, and who do I see on television? Oh, this is an older one. That's okay. We never read it on the air. Who do, we, who do I see on television? Yours truly, Earl Stewart, talking about Takata airbags. Oh. Uh, my point is that this is now getting the word out nationwide, and I'm really happy about that shutting down the dealers that are still selling these faulty calls, cars. Thank you for spreading the word, the good word that it is. I also thought, how cool. Yeah, I know this guy. I listen to his radio show. Um, also, could you pl- please explain to me the defectiveness of these airbags so I know how serious it really is? Well, it's basically the inflator. It's a metal cylinder filled with ammonium nitrate, uh, which is an explosive, and it's designed to be explosive, but it's a controlled explosion that drives the air into the airbag when impact when you have a crash. The problem is the ammonium nitrate inside the steel cylinder, called the inflator, becomes unstable with heat and humidity and time. And in Florida, we have a lot of that heat and humidity, and once you have a five-year-old or four-year-old vehicle, uh, you have a very unstable situation, and it's liable to blow up even without impact. Okay. Uh, Next one. Uh, Do hybrids cost more to maintain than conventional gasoline vehicles? Say that again. Do hybrids cost more to maintain than conventional gasoline vehicles? No, I'd say they cost less. Even less. Uh, You're going to be changing your brakes uh, less often, so uh, they don't wear out as much. Um, Next, we're we're doing this rapid fire because we've got to get to the mystery shopping report. Mm -hmm. Um, Good morning. I've been following your show for about two months. Your show is great and very informative. Uh, we are in the market for a crossover uh, CRV 2008. Got totaled in July by my daughter. Uh, test drove a 2019 CRV EX. We'll test drive a 2020 Forester, a 2019 CX5, and a 2019 or 2020 Rav4. We're confused. How do you calculate out the door? Uh, when is the great time to find great deals from now? How do you send emails to dealers? I'm in the Houston area. I dread going to dealers. Uh, car buying is not like grocery or mall shopping. Uh, thanks for all you do, and that's Maria in Houston. Well, I love uh, educated consumers. Maria, it sounds to me like you're doing it all right, and uh, I would uh, throw consumer reports. I know you get tired of me saying consumer reports, but uh, it's the only source of accurate, unbiased information about automobiles. Uh, as far as uh, uh, you, you're, you're doing the driving and comparing, which is amazing. You did that. Uh, I would use consumer reports as the tiebreaker and go with the vehicle that I like the best. And uh, dealing online is the only way to go. And if you're online, you're safe. Uh, be sure you get an out-the-door price. Define an out-the-door price is everything except government fees. And uh, there's some very small little fees that are taxable. I usually say anything that has sales tax on it is not a government fee. You don't tax sales tax again, and you don't tax license plates again. So say I want an out-the-door price online, meaning when I pick up my car, I want to be able to come in with a check that will only have to be extra paid sales tax and license plate. We're all caught up. We're all done. I want to take a moment and uh, thank the uh, texter that, uh, you know, recognized the fact that Earl did that video on Takata Airbag. And uh, I'll tell you what, there's just a whole lot more people who haven't heard, 
you know, about this death trap. And uh, if you've seen Earl, hopefully you've seen Morgan Freeman. He did, you know, join the bandwagon, so to speak. And uh, it starts out, do you have a minute? And it is amazing the way he is so passionate about the cause. Okay. It's Mystery Shop time. Mystery Shop of Sunshine Used Car Sales. That's a nice name. Sunshine Used Car Sales. And when we called it a Takata test. And uh, we've had a couple of kind of Takata comments during the show. And so this is pretty timely. I sometimes in the past felt like I was overdoing it on Takata. We actually had uh, some feedback saying that, you know, get off the Takata thing. And I, you know... The purpose of the show is not to save the world. The purpose of the show is to educate, entertain, help you buy, lease, maintain, and repair your car. And uh, I apologize to those that are tired of hearing about Takata. It's just something I can't, we can't get out of our minds. Uh, our first mystery shop in three weeks takes us to a car dealership we've never investigated. Uh, we never even heard of it. Sunshine uh, used car sales. Sunshine used car sales, very small, independent lot on Mercer Avenue in West Palm Beach. It's, how small is it? How small is it? It's so small that there's only 29 cars. That's, that's a small used car lot. Um, small or not, it, was, uh, it had two used cars. That's, uh, if you do the arithmetic, that's 7% of the inventory had Takata airbag recalls on them. And uh, in fact, I think nationally, this is about the percentage of right. cars. It matches the average, yeah. yeah. The national average. The, the older used car, the, the, the independent used car lots are totally out of sight on mine, what we found on uh, Takata airbags. The the headline stores, the Arigos, uh, the uh, Schumachers uh, in this area, uh, the car dealers you see, uh, Greco, the ones that you see on the air all the time, uh, a lot of them have gotten the message and they're wholesaling the cars, but these cars don't disappear into thin air when somebody wholesales a car with a Takata airbag recall. They reappear, and this is where they're reappearing, on the independent used car lots. Uh, uh, one of these on this Sunshine used cars on Mercer Avenue was a 2007 Honda Accord for $6,999. The other was a 2008 Chrysler 300 being promoted as a mechanic special. Got to watch out for those folks. Uh, for just $999. We opted to check out the Honda. The other thing that uh, piqued our interest in Sunshine was a claim of no dealer fee. I love it when I see that. I mean, sometimes it's not true, but, you know, it might be true. So we wanted to see if they really had no dealer fee. I hate the term dealer fee because you'll see advertisements saying no dealer fee. They'll call their dealer fee something else. See, some dealers actually very few nowadays, will call their hidden fee a dealer fee. Yeah, we almost never see that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Once in a while. Yeah, and so, yeah, I, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but this is this piqued our interest. Uh, we stressed before on the program that the vast majority of used cars in our area are sold by independent dealers and private sellers. We've been criticized before, sometimes by the independent sellers and the smaller dealers. Why are you picking on me? You know, we only sell 20 cars a month. I'm a little guy. I'm a mom and pop operation. Uh, you know, I, I'm just trying to make a living. Why are you picking on me? Unfortunately, you and tens of thousands of other uh, little mom and pop shops uh, sell most of the used cars in the United States. And if you add private sales to independent used car lot sales, that's where all 
virtually most of the used cars are being sold, and most of them have defective, not only to cut airbags, but they have uh, uh, recalls, dangerous recalls that can kill you, and there's no legislation or control. So that's why we're picking on little guy, Sunshine Used Car Sales. They picked a well-tested, uh, well, well-rested, I should say, Agent Thunder. Been three weeks without a mystery shop, and we sent Agent Thunder in. Speaking in the first person as if I were the thunder. Before heading down to West Palm Beach, I made a quick phone call to Sunshine, used car sales to see if the 2007 Accord with the Takata airbag recall was still there and for sale. The person I spoke to confirmed its availability, and I set out on my mission. Sunshine's lot is small. It consists of a small yellow building. Dealership's uh, name is hand-painted. I like that. Hand-painted on the front of it. Some inventory was parked in front of the building, and it looked like the rest were parked in the uh, fenced-off area on the side. I walked in the front door, greeted by a man named Clyde. I love the name Clyde. It's a great name. It is a good name. I told you, is Clyde short for anything? Clyde's deal. Oh. No, no, no. You're joking. <laughs> okay. What was I told him I was searching for a cheap but reliable used car for my stepdaughter, um, stepdaughter's first car. I said I found their Honda on an internet search, and the price was right. I'd be paying cash. I said that the car was right up front. You need uh, to make a copy of my driver's license. If I wanted to drive it, I had them my license. Uh, he, uh, he said he always test drove the car, be, already test drove the car before I bought them. Uh, Clyde went uh, behind the counter, grabbed the keys. We went outside. He opened the door and the trunk, let me explore for a few minutes. Didn't open the hood, the door and the trunk. Interesting. <laughs> uh, I asked him if there were any mechanical issues, and he replied, not that I know of, but we're very careful not to purchase cars with problems. The car had a Carfax window sticker that displayed Carfax highlights. Uh, Carfax, you know, is a great source of information for maintenance, uh, damage, you know, wrecks, uh, flood cars. Uh, recalls, but they're also getting in. They're very retail, yep. and they're very. And now they're offering window stickers, and they're offering their name. Yep. So they're saying if it's a Carfax check car, it's safe. They're trying to get into that uh, Carvana um, yep. sort of online sales because they're also becoming a pricing information yep. source. The thing to remember is that Carfax is a good company. They're reliable in the data that they supply, but don't buy a car because it's got a Carfax window sticker on it. Uh, you have to also wonder who put the window sticker on the car. Well, I suspect that you have the options to choose which things you want to show and which things you don't want to show. Yeah, I believe. Be You're careful of Carfax, that's yeah. for sure. Anyway, the Carfax uh, window sticker boasted no title problems. It even reported that it was free of several potential serious issues like structural damage or odometer, roll, odometer rollback. Uh, there was no mention of recalls. Uh, structural damage, again, is a... Uh, questionable thing today used to be serious now with unibody uh, even the definition of structural damage is in question Klein asked me to get in the driver's seat and start the engine Clyde sat in the passenger seat and we drove off Clyde talked about the car I noticed Clyde is mentioned many times because you like the name Clyde you could tell Clyde and yeah, I could tell because you kept throwing <laughs> I, let me let me full, full disclosure I tried to mix up uh, you know pronouns and and the far, full name uh, and I think I overdid it with the full yeah, name, you went so. heavy on Clyde yeah uh, he knew a surprising amount about this particular model. I asked him if there had been any accidents and whether he was aware of any safety issues. 
I recommended him, I, I reminded him that my 17-year-old stepdaughter would be driving at the college. Smart girl mm-hmm. uh, going to college at 17. A lot of people do. I don't know. Oh, about He's, half of them do. Yeah. I went to college when I was 17, I think. No, I didn't either. Nah. I joined the Coast Guard. I digress. <laughs> Clyde, said he, <laughs> Clyde said he didn't know of any uh, safety issues. He was pretty sure there had been no accidents. He said that we could see the Carfax report back at the lot. We returned and went inside. I reminded him I needed to get the Carfax report, and I told him I needed him to total things up so I could send a picture of the document to my wife and make sure she was good with the purchase. Very clever. I asked him if he could do better than the six nine ninety nine. Clyde replied that we're a one price deal. So not only does he have no hidden fees, he's one price. That's very progressive for an independent used car to yeah. one. Clyde tapped away on the keyboard while I waited. He printed the buyer's order and a Carfax re- re- report. We went over the Carfax first. Clyde said the Carfax was as good as it gets. He emphasized <laughs> the one owner status, lack of accidents, and the extensive service history. And again, Stu mentioned that earlier. The Carfax reports do have a lot of data. And when you get something disclosed, that's good. But what you have to always worry about is what's not disclosed. I say this about extended warranties. You buy a service contract and extend the warranty. What it covers is okay. I mean, that's kind of important. But what it does not cover is even more important. What you do not hear when the salesperson is reading the Carfax report is what you need to worry about, which is why you should read it yourself. Read it. Sometimes they're lengthy. But read the whole Carfax report Otherwise, you're going to get fooled. Yeah. Okay. Moving right along, I nodded in agreement that the Carfax report was as good as it gets. Um, but I asked, so there's nothing I should worry about? Probing here. Clyde said, no. It would be the perfect first car for my stepdaughter. We looked at the buyer's order. The price was $7,000, $1 more than the ad price. Didn't quibble about that. The only thing was $470 in sales tax, which was correct, and $360 per license tag and title, which I'm assuming is about right. Uh, There were really no dealer fees. There were no hidden fees. There were no non-government fees. This was truly a rare occasion. A car dealer, albeit very small, that was actually selling a car without any hidden fees. And kudos to Sunshine Auto Sales. And uh, thank you. A uh, good way to get an edge on the competition because uh, Sunshine Auto Sales is like one in 10,000. We just don't know anybody doing that. I read the text to Clyde, grabbed the uh, buyer's order and said, I got to go. I'll call you in the morning. So went home. And uh, I really like the exit strategy on this one. Yeah, I do. Got to go. <laughs> got to go. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to read the text. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the text that his wife sent him back, sent back a, a pretend text, well, a real text, but made this up. And and uh, Agent uh, Thunder's wife said, uh, the numbers look good. Let's do it. Uh, but I'll have to wait tomorrow. I have a surprise. So come home now. Right. You, so, can't, you can't deny that. You can't. You got to run. <laughs> got to go home. Uh, okay. Epilogue. Sunshine used car sales failed our Takata test. Uh, by failing to disclose or even acknowledge the Takata airbag recall plainly visible on the Carfax report, 
even after being promoted or prompted by Agent Thunder. Sunshine used car sales kept its promise of no dealer fees and deserves credit for not playing the dealer fee uh, game. Now, on the Takata thing, before we get into the voting, and we would love to have you text or um, call your votes in or however you want to do it, um, text them in because we got the phones turned off, I guess. But um, here, here's my dilemma when I read this. Did Clyde, the salesman, really know there was a recall? And if not, if he did know there was a recall, it was a fixable recall. Uh, he could have disclosed it, and he could have made the sale. At the very least, he'd say, I'll have to take it over to the Honda dealer to have the recall done. So it wasn't like he was going to lose a sale. I wonder, did he really know about the recall? Did he thoroughly read the Carfax report himself? My theory is, and this theory applies to a lot of the car dealerships that we investigate, yeah. is that it is a lack of awareness. Um, a lot of times I don't you know, apply like uh, malevolent motives here. Yeah. I just think that it's not something that they're educated on. When you look at the uh, recall, it doesn't, it's not in red print. It's not yeah. bold. It looks yeah. like everything else in the Carfax report. It says NHTSA number 19V-501 recall X5C. So it's like a lot of yeah. technical stuff. Yeah. I think that it's uh, because no one's paying attention to it. So I don't fault Clyde, um, but we don't know. Well, yeah, and I, I think, again, I go back to the real problem here. Our legislators, our uh, regulators, um, the Conspiracy, and I hate to use that word conspiracy because it's overused, but the National Automobile Dealers Association, the Florida Automobile Dealers Association, and the manufacturers have an, un, let's call it an unwritten, unspoken uh, understanding that we're not going to make a big deal about the uh, dangerous recalls. And even the media are involved in this because the media exists by advertising, and who does more advertising than car dealers and car manufacturers. So we have a real decision, and, and therefore the awareness of the dangerous recalls has slipped way, way down. Slipped so far down that the owner of Sunshine Auto Sales might not be thinking right. about it, and Clyde might sure. not be thinking yeah. about it, and nobody's thinking about it. It's like the root of all of our problems are politicians, lobbyists, yeah. and the media. Yeah, we, we mystery shop uh, our own car dealership, and... Uh, sometimes the people that we talk to that uh, mystery shopped our dealership aren't aware of the Takata airbag recall. We have you know, people on the street. I have people ask me, what is there? What is this about the Takata airbag? Hard to believe that's falling out of sight, out of mind in our country. But anyway, I'm off on a rant and I'll stop. We need to vote about Sunshine Auto Sales. Do we recommend them or don't we? Do we give them a A, B, C, D or a failure? Uh, the grades are all, are all over the place on this one. Um, I'll start with Linda on Facebook. Linda gives him a D, which is better than her usual big fat F, so there was some redeeming qualities there. Uh, Joe gives him two grades, an A for sales, an F for the Takata. Maria gives him a D plus. Ella gives him a D minus. John gives him an F. Ed gives him a C. Vicky gives him a B. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take the easy way out and give him two grades: A for sales and a D for the Takata. Yeah. Fair enough. Rick, we got... Mark Anderson says a D-plus, passing grade, and Mark S, F for the Takata recall, and a B-plus overall. And myself, I'm going to say a... a I'm going to give him a C, 
And I'd give him an A if it wasn't for that yeah. minor miss on the Takata thing. And, you know, this one being fixable, you know, I, I just wish they'd caught that. Yeah, absolutely. Nancy. So two grades were born right here today. <laughs> okay, um, this uh, Sunshine used car sales, uh, I'm keeping in mind that it, they have 29 used cars, you know, in their inventory. I'm keeping that in mind, and uh, they, they may have overlooked the fact that uh, there was a recall. Uh, Carfax, I haven't been happy with lately. I've read some things about that. Uh, for sales uh, uh, for Clyde, I'm going to give Clyde a, 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 a C. Uh, for Takata, they get an F. Lives matter. Yeah, um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pass him. I don't. I'm not gonna you know, do the great thing. I, I'm like a, Rick a little bit. I I'm very impressed that they have no hidden fees. Uh, Clyde seemed like a stand-up guy. Uh, you could give him the benefit of the doubt on missing the Carfax or the uh, Takata thing. Uh, I give him a high grade, and I would definitely pass him. We'll, we're definitely gonna put him on the recommended list. Mm -hmm. And Ernesto has just come in with a C for him. So. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good grades, folks. We grade on the curve in Sunshine Auto Sales, and they're on Mercer Avenue in West Palm Beach. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, Mercer Avenue. So if you're looking for low-priced cars and you're looking for an honest deal uh, and you do your own check at safercar.gov to be sure there's no recall, you're, gonna, you're good to go to get a low price on a full disclosure. The price you get is the price you pay. They're one price, and there's Zero no hidden fees. Hidden fees. None. Yeah. So I've never seen that, except yeah. for one other place I've seen it. But that was it. Was that was it? Price, yeah. tax, tag. That was it. Yeah, Sunshine Auto Sales, and we had the other uh, uh, buy here, pay here type lot in uh, Martin County, the Wallace uh, Easy Pay Car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was up uh, Easy Own, I think. E yeah, Easy Own or Easy Pay. And anyway, it's funny. Uh, buy here, pay here, small lots uh, having some of the best grades that we've gotten anywhere mm -hmm. as opposed to some of the razzle-dazzle yeah. big guys. It's usually because the, the owner typically works right there and, and sometimes is the salesperson and the yeah. uh, manager and the inventory, yeah. everybody else. So. Yeah. As a matter of fact, one last one, Karen came in with a D. So, yeah. again, a passing score. Yeah, yeah, we got some great response. Yeah. Okay, uh, we're getting near the end of the show. Yeah. You know, I want to, I just love, I love the title, this article I did. Uh, I'm going to hold it up. Uh, <laughs> But uh, should I have a colonoscopy yeah. or buy a car? Sounds like your uh, your youngest son chose the yes. latter. Yes, my youngest son <laughs> had a, and it came out squeaky clean. That's right. I'm not touching that. I bet he is really happy we shared that with 20,000 listeners. Yeah. Well, and I shared my hemorrhoid surgery story, so he's got to, you know, He's got to participate. I think they, I think they bleeped that. We're on a 20-second delay. Really? I'm only kidding. Come on. But anyway, uh, should I have a colonoscopy or buy a car? And uh, that's in the current issue of Florida Weekly. Florida Weekly, should I have a colonoscopy or buy a car? If you're over 50 years old, I say you get a colonoscopy before you buy a car. Absolutely. Yeah, great advice, Stu. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in this morning. Uh, as I always and bearing say, with us, <laughs> we <laughs> yes. Are we, we out of time all, already? We always appreciate you, and uh, you know you're a huge part of what we do, and your encouragement, your phone calls, your texts. Uh, it's just in just listening, 
and I just want to take a moment to uh, thank everyone and we're certainly glad to be back and I want to thank Jonathan again for his efforts and everything that he does uh, behind the uh, behind the curtain and Rick Stu recovering car dealer and Nancy Stewart want to wish you a wonderful cold weekend and enjoy it snuggle alert thanks yes, Steve Wiggle, uh, Steve Wiggle. <laughs> okay thanks again